This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Talk money to me. Hello and welcome to Talk Money To Me. I'm Candace Burke. And I'm Felicity Thomas. Now, Talk Money To Me is a podcast where we draw on our extensive expertise and experience to help educate you on all aspects of your financial landscape. So we're back with our interview episode where we sit down with an expert in an industry to chat all things finance, the markets, and this time we're actually going to be talking about buying property, but perhaps not your typical way to buy a property. Uh, do we have a treat for our listeners wanting to get into the market or potentially build out their existing property portfolio, we've discovered a very interesting platform to actually help millennials and you know other generations get into the property market. That's right, not just for millennials. But before we jump into our really interesting chat, a quick side note, here comes our disclaimer, you guys know the drill. Even though we're registered financial advisors at Shore & Partners, please note this podcast and the content discussed does not constitute as financial advice, nor is it a financial product. The content on this podcast is general in nature and you should seek the right professional appropriate advice before making any of your financial decisions. Alrighty, now that's out of the way, let's talk all things property. So this week, like Felicity said, we're going to sit down with the founder of a very interesting business which helps Australians get into the property market. So property is the business, if you're not driving or if you're hands-free, Google it, get your phone out and Google it. And essentially, property is an Australian-founded and female-led company, so we love that, shaking up the real estate industry. By doing that, it's offering an innovative platform that aims to support millennials and other generations to help crack into the property market by buying property as a team. That's right. You guys can potentially purchase a property alongside your best friends, maybe your worst enemy. I don't know if you'd be doing that. <laughs> your co-workers, your siblings and so forth. I think we should spell up property as well. So it's P-R-O-P-P-I-E. And the key benefit when we did our research on this website is that Property really sets up the legal framework around your purchase. So what we mean by that is millennials, for example, can buy a property with the ease and security of knowing that all the legalities are taken care of. So if one party wants to sell or vice versa, it removes all the difficulty and awkward conversations with your co-owner. Yeah, look, sharing is really the new way into the property market. I mean, they're so expensive at the moment and most likely, I mean, we're not 100% guaranteed, but will probably continue to be fairly expensive to actually get your foot in the door. Now, co-ownership actually lowers the upfront costs and the loan repayments and ultimately supports you know people to get into the market and work their way up the property ladder in half the time with half the risk. So... With that in mind, welcome Ayumi from Proppy. It's so nice to have you. Welcome to the show. Ayumi, to give our listeners some more background, we're going to just share a few snippets of your bio as I really want to understand more how you got into e-commerce and this property market and the platform, right? So you started your career as a pharmacist, which is really interesting, and that led you to taking on the role of managing director of Blackmore's, which a lot of people would be familiar with that company, and you've held positions, you know, like general management 
management and senior global positions at Bayer, which led you to live in Japan, Southeast Asia and the US. So you've obviously got a lot of extensive experience in the consumer health and pharmaceuticals industry. So what led you to do this kind of 360 into property and starting this platform, which is very different to your healthcare background? Yeah, it seems like a bit of a backflip, right? (laughs) Into something completely different. But I'd say there's probably a couple of themes through my life which have led me to this, which you wouldn't see on paper, but if you know me, it makes sense. Um, So one is I've always loved property. Um, I've been interested in property from the get-go. If I could have put my money into property when I was 21, I would have. I couldn't afford it like many people. Um, But it's always been a huge interest. And property is where... I've generally focused investments all the way through and I, I love, I'm fascinated by property. So that that's something that's always a weekend hobby. My husband and I are always looking at properties. We're constantly researching the market. So um, there's that bit. The other bit is, I guess, having spent many years now in consumer businesses and when you're in consumer businesses, it's almost like those unspoken hidden truths where there's a, an unmet need. And there's a clear unmet need and a problem to be solved in property, Right. And I love solving problems and I love being able to solve real problems that are going to impact on people. That's one of the reasons I've always loved healthcare is it's just so fundamental and important. Housing is too, right? It's like right at that bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So you've got to like get all of that, those fundamentals met for people if they're going to really thrive and flourish in life. So that's a bit sort of helicoptering out. Um, The other element is I've always had a really high affinity towards tech. I love tech businesses. I love e-commerce business models. When I was in Japan, we were able to build a pure e-commerce business, which I absolutely loved. And getting into that and that, what I love about it is it's a super fast pace. It's very much metric driven and you get not just daily, but minute to minute feedback on whether something's working or not. And I absolutely love that. So, and I do love a fast pace. I'm a bit of a sprinter when it comes to anything that's in business, which I have to watch, mind you, because you've, you've got to, you do have to pace things out. But you make things happen, right? And that's, you know, <laughs> some people talk and then never actually do anything. I am a real finisher. I'm a starter, but my mother taught me to be a finisher. So I really kind of love all of those elements. I love consumer businesses where you've got insights and problems to solve. I love the tech and a sort of a side love for property. And I guess property was really born out of frustration for me. I always wished I could just buy a part of a property because I couldn't afford to get in in my 20s as well, you know, like many people into property. So if I could have bought a portion of it, I would have in a heartbeat. And I just always thought somebody would set this model up and make it possible. And nobody has. And that was 25 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm showing my age. But that was 25 years ago, right? And so... It just got to a point where I thought, well, no one's done it. I'm just going to do it. I think I've got the skills. I'm just going to just going to do it and we'll, we'll go for it. So it was a really big decision, massive decision that I lost sleep over. But I will say I have come to a point in my life where the fear of regret is far outweighing the fear of failure. And so I just wanted to give it a really good go and see if we could help a whole bunch of people get into property. Yeah, and make the leap. Because I guess it is a big move, right, going from managing director or GM of huge companies to a founder of your own startup, essentially. Um, You know, it's really, really exciting to hear the way you talk about property because it seems like your mission is really to address the housing affordability crisis for millennials, but also for other Australians, because it's not just millennials that are finding it really hard to get into the market. I really like that your ethos is to 
help them find a path for individual independence, you know, enabling people to experience empowerment, future security and happiness, you know, unlocking really full potential for, I guess, millennials and the out, you know, generation that has to offer. Because Candice and I, we're a millennial, I believe. I can't believe it. When I looked at the definition, I was like, no, I'm not a millennial. <laughs> And I guess, so you've already given us a bit of background, but Ayumi, in your own words, how does Proppy solve this issue you're tackling? Give us your little elevator pitch. It's essentially, it is a, I define it in a few words as a mortgage sharing matchmaker platform. Tinder net property. (laughs) (laughs) Less heartbreaks. Exactly. Less heartbreak and lots of love. But look, what it is, it's essentially a stepping stone, right? So You know, in the past, the stepping stone was buying a unit and then people would want to upgrade to a house. Now, gosh, units are ridiculously expensive now. What you pay for a one-bedroom apartment and even I guess the bell curve is changing a bit in terms of what people do buy. But, you know, it used to be the two-bedroom apartments was the ideal and people were coming down to one bedroom. And in Sydney, you started to see even people moving to studio apartments, which was very New York, you know, at the time. But... um, you know, I think the stepping stones have started to sink and disappear and we just need to find new ones. So getting in with half a property so that your money's in property and building equity that you can then do something with to either release later and buy a whole property or sell up your portion and buy a whole property, it gives you options to get in without missing the boat because I think it's very discouraging for people when they know they need to save. You know, in Sydney, they're saying 15 years for a property. I mean, that's ridiculous to save who knows what they're doing in 15 years, right? To save, I mean, your dog's not even going to be alive then to see the new place. Like, how's oh that? God, don't say that. You know, the reason, the reason I say that, we, I just did some research on the sequencing of life events and people put buying a property before buying a pet. And then when I asked them what was realistic, the buying a pet was more realistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the poor pet's not going to necessarily get to see the property unless it's, you know, got a. But the pet a might determine life. the ideal property, right? like a large dog, I would feel guilty having a large dog in an apartment. So, but then it leads to compromising. So to your point, you know, I'm going to pick up on that. So let's just use me as an example. Let's say I want to buy my dream investment property, which is an apartment, a two better in, let's just say Bondi, Sydney. $3 million, Candice. <laughs> I'm going to need $3 million and no pets. So as a consumer, right, Ayumi, how would I use property to to get this dream apartment for myself. And if I'm looking for a two-bedroom, what do I do with that second bedroom? Yeah, okay, so what you can do there, you've got a couple of options. So if you want to be the owner-occupier, you'd put that in your profile. So first thing, you get on property, you build a profile. And in your profile, you put in what are the areas that you want to buy. So you'd put Bondi in there. You'd put in there that you want to be an owner-occupier and you'd put your budget. So maybe your budget's like, I don't know, $1.7 million and So that's my budget, not the property budget. Yeah, your budget, your personal budget that you can spend, right? Because then that could be 50% of a $3 million or it could be, I don't know, 30% of 4 4.5 million, yeah, for yeah. example. And just quickly, before she does that, she should look at getting pre-approval, right? It doesn't have to be before um, because the one thing is, there's, well, let me sort of step back a bit. There's a couple of ways to use the platform. One is form your team and shop together. Like if you're a couple, that's easy to do. If you don't have someone to buy with, then you can just get on the platform. You might have seen a couple of great properties in Bondi. You add them so they're attached to you as a user and then others can see that and send you a team-up request or you might invite your friends and send them um, team-up requests and see if they're interested. So you might send them an invitation first and they would say, oh, yeah, I like the sound of property. I'll put my profile up. And you see they're on you go, oh, great. Okay, now I'll send them a team-up request and they can accept or reject that. 
So um, when it comes to back to the question of pre-approval, we do think, you know, it's the first thing you should do before you search because then you know really how much you can, can afford. Borrow. Yeah. But the thing is, even if you've got pre-approval before, you're likely going to need to go through that step again. And the reason is when you buy a property together as a team or as co-owners, you need to borrow from the same lending institution because the bank or the lender views it as one security. So one security can't be divided up between different lenders. You need to then get pre-approval together. So we work with um, a mortgage broker who's very well-versed in co-ownership and can facilitate that. So this is where we can help sort of all the way through, all the right connections that you need to make this happen. We will hold your hand through the whole process. So um, not to worry there. So if assuming that all is okay and you can borrow that, let's say 1.6, 1.7 million, um, that's great. You have that on your profile. So we've got a step in there that we call financial verification. So if you then send us your pre-approval proof, we'll give you a little verified, financially verified badge and it strengthens your profile. So I can match with, you know, more appropriate potential housemates. So I guess step one then really is sign up to Proppy and create your profile and put the properties that you're interested in. Team up with someone would be step two or two or three or four people. And then step three is pre-approval together with the same bank through a mortgage broker, potentially yours, who knows what we're doing in this scenario. Yeah, yeah. So you will need to do it together. If you haven't got a teammate, you need to find one. You can still start that pre-approval process because the individuals still need to be assessed, right? So you can still start that with the mortgage broker. But um, the benefit of doing that once you're on the platform is you're doing it with the mortgage broker who's looking at the right lending products that accommodate co-ownership. So not all lending products will facilitate it because you want to have separate loans, which is the objective. So say Candice is trying to buy the property. It's in Bondi. It's not going to be off market. It's going to auction mm-hmm. because they believe they can get a better price there. How is that going to work? Does one member from the team go? Is there a buyer's agent? I mean, you've got all the pre-approval ready to go. The cash is there. Talk us through that. Sure. So a couple of options. If one of the team members is confident with putting in bids and working, you know, going to the auction to bid, they can do that. If they're not, then we are also working with buyer's agents. And in fact, we do have one that covers the Bondi area, which is good. We haven't got full national geographical representation yet, but Bondi we've got. So we've got a buyer's agent who we can certainly recommend who can go and do that for you as well and and do the bidding. And I think in in that case, just have to consider the, the buyer's agent fees would need to be paid directly to the buyer's agent as well. So that would be a split cost, you assume, right? Yeah, it would be an extra sort of out of pocket. Like anything, you weigh up the risk and the benefit and the benefit often there is they know what they're doing, they should be yeah. in day out. So they should be able to get a good price for you. So, um, But auction dynamics, it is nice to not get caught up in the excitement, I think, when you're bidding, if you're nervous. Sometimes if you're there, you might be like, oh, what's another $5,000? Oh, what's another 10000 The buyer's agent doesn't get emotional and they can be quite strict in regards to that. Okay, so went to auction in Bondi. Candace got the property with her team member what happens next um i should say that having gone to that what has happened when you've teamed up is there is a and i think we missed this step but there is a step there where you have signed a co-ownership agreement oh so the legals come into play yeah so when you team up on our platform you're not committed to each other yet Mm -hmm. so you team up but you have to define all of your terms so your terms being what each of your separate budgets are, yep. what your ownership shares are, so it might be 50-50, yep. and who's going to live in it and who's not going to live in it. 
And so to your earlier question, Candice, if you're going to live in it and what happens at the second bedroom, if you want to have a flatmate, you can do that. You just agree that you're going to rent that out. And so the living arrangements are all defined in the terms. Um, and the other party then, of course, is an investor. Once those all go green, then what happens is there's a co-ownership agreement that will come to you when you sign. So it's very clear then who owns, who will own what percentage of the property. Now the percentage could still change at auction or at sale because it might be that your first offer is rejected and you need to go up and it might be that Candice you've got wiggle room and you can, you can actually go up another 20k but the other party can't which is okay you've still got the buying power it just means instead of say a 50-50 split it might go to a 48-52 split yep. and so the final percentages will then be finalised in that co-ownership agreement post acceptance of an offer. And then what happens is it goes through conveyancing. So again, we've partnered up with Law Lab. Law Lab are fantastic. They completely understand co-ownership. They can do all of the conveyancing digitally and nationally. So they can do anywhere in Australia, which is fantastic. And so the conveyancing is done through them. And then you go to settlement and it's um, pretty straightforward. For the post-settlement bit as well, we also take care of that. In When I say take care of, we help you with that because we want to make sure that your relationships are completely preserved. So in the co-ownership agreement, we also ask you to choose a property manager and we give you options there where we've worked with property managers. And the reason for that is we want to make sure all of the financial transactions, so your rent collection, rent payment, um, maintenance costs. It's all professionally handled. Yeah, are split yeah. to your pro-rated amount and you're invoiced and paid, or you're paid or you pay, depending on if it's rent or payments separately so you never have to chase each other for money pay each other you get completely separate statements yeah that's really good takes away the awkwardness right yep no money talk yeah you're doing the dishes and you're like eyeballing them going you haven't yeah, paid this yeah you owe me for that PowerPoint we fixed you owe me that's it all right very exciting now say Candice it's been a couple of years she decides she wants to sell her portion what happens yeah so um if you want to sell your portion um essentially the partners have the first right of refusal mm-hmm. to buy because, you know, there may be people who want to buy the whole lot um, and can take on the repayments, right? The partners have the first right of refusal to buy that portion or a part of that portion. And if they don't want it, then it gets listed back up on the site and another party can come in as a co-owner. But they have to adopt the terms of the original agreement. So if Candice, you're living in the property at Bondi, you retain that right to live in it. And so you can only attract an investor, for example. So what happens if both of them want to sell? Do they need to sell it on a property platform or can they just go to auction and sell it, but they both actually need to? Because obviously you can't sell half a house at auction, so it has to go back on the platform. That's probably the only catch. Well, the idea is that you can sell your share. Now, probably there hasn't... But who determines the rate? If you're selling your share you would take market value for that. So that's up to you to decide like any, like a full house market, there's a price that you're willing to accept. Okay. Right. So not being able to sell half a house at auction, there's nothing actually technically to stop that. It's just not done. And whether an auction is a good setup for that, right? Yeah. (laughs) People just don't use to it. That would get confusing. But if we both walked away from this example in Bondi, then you just list the property as normal. And does property take percentage of that or how how does that work? So we're actually set up right now for helping people get into property. Mm -hmm. And the the fee that we charge is 1% of the value of the property paid at settlement. Mm -hmm. Um, We haven't actually set it up for selling properties. I, I kind of had envisioned that that would come later. 
having said that, you know, we, we've talked about we're helping millennials here. Having said that, I'm getting a lot of interest from a different demographic who want to sell part of their property and release their equity. So I've had quite a few customers come to me, yeah, older ex-gens and boomers. So they want the extra money, could be different reasons. They still want to live in it though? Yeah, still want to live in it generally, but they've had maybe an adverse life event or divorce is another classic case. So, you know, particularly, you know, we talked earlier about the housing crisis and, you know, I don't know if we touched on it, but kind of allude to homelessness as a rising issue amongst certain demographics and we do see women 50 to 60 um, as the biggest segment growing segment of homelessness right so part of that issue is you could have a couple who get divorced they split 50 50 and I'm just going to go with stereotypes here as much as I don't like it let's say the wife divorcee has not had a career of high earning capacity even though she can take that half of the money, it's very hard for her to still get back into the market because she can't secure the lending. She's not got serviceability. Exactly. So she doesn't have the runway nor the income to service a loan. So that, that's an issue. So the problem this can also solve is, well, you can stay in the home. The partner or husband can sell their share of the property and then you're really just up for now paying rent on the part of the property that you don't own. But at least it keeps you in the home. So, you know, our big kind of mission in terms of independence is about getting millennials in to property but there's a clear adjacency for helping people stay in homes which is equally important right yeah and to free up wealth right because we experience in our jobs is that a lot of people have made a lot of money in property uh, and they have this huge lumpy asset might be worth three million four million dollars but they've got no superannuation and they've got no cash flow essentially but they've got a four million dollar asset unencumbered so i mean that sounds like an awesome solution for those those people that don't want to actually sell and downsize but actually want to free up some funds um, and potentially put that in superannuation or create an investment portfolio yeah there's quite a bit of interest on that side (laughs) i know this is just a whole nother thing that's why we were saying it's not just for millennials all right let's talk strategy so property is still early stages right how is property growing its volume of visitors demographics and business goals i mean what are you guys doing specifically uh, to grow yeah okay so we have identified a number of different segments our initial market entry point is very much millennials who are looking to buy property with people who are known to each other so even though the platform accommodates people who don't know each other and we've got that matchmaking part the reason is actually is it's a we are restricted at the moment by the comfort levels of lenders and lenders right now are, are quite comfortable to lend to parties who are known to each other but not who are unknown to each other just yet so I'll put a caveat on that I'll say the lending policies because all of the people I speak to in and I've spoken to many many lenders big banks all the way through to little ones They love it. They absolutely love the concept. Their policies just don't currently enable that. So market entry point sort of is those who are known to each other. So it's your siblings, it's kids and mums and dads, it's friends, um, partners. And we are essentially getting the word out through quite a bit of digital marketing. So Google search and optimization. We've got some video content and advertising out and um, also driving content through socials. And they're really the main levers right now. We've had lots of interest that is growing so we're getting new signups every day which is fantastic um we're getting quite a lot of traffic so it was really interesting you know we we had set ourselves some goals for um how many users we wanted to have come to the site and the traffic 
And we have actually exceeded that significantly, like more than I think sort of double, which is fantastic. That's amazing. I think it's inherently, you know, we get overwhelmingly positive feedback about it. And there's still things about the site, of course, I want to fix. Like you just become really perfectionistic about the experience. And there's so many things I still want to do to improve it. But somebody once said, if you're not embarrassed about the first site you put up or the first business you launched, then you've left it too long. You know how they say you should just go. <laughs> it shouldn't be perfect. But you were saying earlier, you know, one of the reasons you love tech um, is because you can just completely change it, start again, get your feedback instantly and, you know, continually improve the platform. So I think that's, you're the, you're the key leader and the key driver for that, which is fantastic. And you are getting a lot of interest, it sounds like, because you're touching on a lot of social economic issues that is is really close to home because the home is your heart and it's very emotional transaction right that you might do only a few times in your lifetime so it is important to have that team to to help you on the way so in a moment we're going to be hearing more about a couple of your lessons that you've learned in your own startup business and chatting more broadly just about the current property climate along with challenges that not only young people but all people face in getting into the property market but before we do we're just going to take a short break and hear from our sponsors Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So we're back and we want to now jump into any insights and I guess lessons learned as a female founder of a startup technology business. You know, share with us the the lessons you've gone through um, to, to get you to where you are today. Do you know what? Like they say guts and grit. Look, I don't know how much of it comes into being female or not. I've actually found youth or age more of an issue in my whole career. So being taken seriously, for example, which I do think is a bit of a generational thing. I think today it's it's fine and cool to be an entrepreneur. But I will say when I was in my 20s, if you were doing, I'll say doing that because we didn't call them entrepreneurs. If you were doing that, you would just be called unemployed, right? Um, it, it wasn't. Like it was very normal to go get a job and work for someone. Having said that, my whole family on both sides all had their own businesses, so that's kind of a little bit in the blood. You know, I think having the confidence to just back yourself and go, and I, after working with so many people in many cultures, in many countries around the world, the one observation that I do have is that guys will say they can do something when they have no idea if they can and they'll just go for it learn on the job yeah and girls you have to really like build them up like you actually have to have the chat and say I think you can do it I really think you should be applying for this job I think you can go for it and don't worry like you're gonna learn and I find it in 
in all my years of just managing teams and people, it's the girls that have needed a lot more encouragement to go for it. And and that, I would say, is actually a really big difference in the workplace. And when it comes to startups, I mean, yeah, it takes, I don't know, you're either reckless or brave or stupid. I don't know what when you're taking that leap. And people all will three. judge you. <laughs> <laughs> and people judge you, right? Like, um, and you, you just, you know, for me, I would say doing it later has been good because people generally around me, I find, trust mm. my judgment. I'm not being young and silly which has helped me for sure. You've got a track record is what you're saying, really. Exactly. I do. I've got a track record of running businesses and delivering results. But for people who don't support you, and not, you have to decide whether you're the kind of person that needs the support around you or not or whether you just go for it. But I think it's really important to surround yourself with people who are cheerleaders. You've got to find cheerleaders because going out on your own is really, really tough and if you're like me and you do have a fear of failure, you, you've got to just be single-minded about what you're setting out to achieve and go for it. And if people aren't cheerleaders and they're quick to cut you down or call failure, you've got to surround yourself in people like that. It's the same thing in corporate lives. You know, when we started our business in Japan, I can't tell you how many naysayers there were. And six months in, people already calling failure in Japan. It's like, it's been six months, like... You know, you, you've, got to give, you've got to give things time and if you've got a vision that you believe in, you've got to go for it. And I think the big thing, and this applies again to anything, whether it's projects, whether it's starting research and development on something at work or even investing, I don't think it matters if you don't know where it's going to end up and it doesn't necessarily matter if you're not sure if you're going to be able to handle it down the track. Just just start because you can always change Give your mind. Give it a go. Yeah. So I'm a really yeah. big fan of just start. It doesn't matter what it is. It applies to everything in life. Just start and you find your path. Like there'll be options open to you if you just start. That's good advice. And so switching gears slightly, I mean, this is a question that everyone is interested in. Do you think the Australian government should be doing more to help the younger generation out? You know, we know that there's some government support grants, first home buyers, some stamp duty exemptions and so forth. Do you think it's enough? Um, I don't think it's enough, but I think there's some clear things they can do. So I've had some really good discussions with both sides of the party and um, we did put in a submission into the, there was a parliamentary inquiry into housing affordability or the crisis they're calling it. The reason the government should be actively involved is because it will become a government problem down the track. And I'm a little bit of a long-term thinker and some might sometimes say particularly in corporates too long-term because I can't help but fast forward and think 30, 40 years down the track, we have an entire pension and superannuation system that is completely reliant on the fact that people mm -hmm. will have their own mm -hmm. homes, right? And if people don't have their own homes and people need to factor in that additional cost of renting for life, which might be okay if it's planned and that's how you're working things. There are countries in Europe that do that and it works, right? Renting in retirement is fine, but that's all factored into their entire pension scheme, like in, in Switzerland, for example. So um, that's not fact, factored in. So unless we have some significant policy change that can accommodate that, I'm very worried about what the situation will be for this generation as they become an ageing population. Super isn't enough. So the 10% going in isn't going to cover it. It needs to be bumped up more. If you work for a company that matches and puts a bit in and you're getting up to sort of that 14, 15%, that's fantastic. Well, you're lucky. You're like the one percenter. Yeah. But otherwise, you know, you have to be really worried about what those shortfalls might end up being. So I think for that reason, and I know government, it's hard for government when you've got election terms, 
to take such a long-term view like that, but they need to. They need to because it's going to be a problem in the future. Well, also, them, you know, increasing the superannuation contribution isn't the government solving the issue, it's the corporate, essentially, solving the issue rather than the government. So that is a very interesting point. And you've touched on it that there's obviously a housing crisis here in Australia. So we hear a lot like in, a, in the media and in newspaper articles and everywhere that there's this issue on the supply side. But is that really the case, do you think? Yeah, it's an, there's a few factors here. So supply demand is the basic economics that drives this particular problem as well. So they say, yes, there is a um, supply issue and the demand is too high. When you look at the, the absolute numbers across nationally, there's, there's no issue. You've got more properties than people who can live in them. Um, the issue is the distribution of that supply. So the demand, you know, Australia, when you compare it to other countries around the world, actually has more densely populated city regions than many countries. And, you know, like I guess we imagine like a Hong Kong or something which is very dense, but it's a little bit of a different thing because it's about the distribution across the whole country. And Australians all live around the edges generally and not anywhere mm. else in the middle. Um, but the demand in the inner city areas is, is just too high for what there is in terms of versus the supply that exists. You know, the, to put it in really simple terms, you know, you've got a supply-demand issue. So the things that need to happen are the government needs to try to drive some sort of regional distribution, right, in terms of people where they're living. Now, the pandemic may have helped some of that and workplaces need to perhaps accommodate that. But in order for people to move out of the major cities, it means you have to have good infrastructure, good schools, good shopping, um, all of those things that people need to have for their lifestyles. So that's a, that's a big expense and it's not a quick one. Um, there are things that the government can review in terms of taxes. We've got mm -hmm. stamp duty issues. There's talk yep. of the boomers not selling because they don't want to pay the stamp duty. They're talking about they're stealing backyards from the next generation of kids because younger families can't buy houses because there's not enough supply. So you've got that issue. So there's question marks around should there be reviews on stamp duty policies, should there be reviews on um, taxes, Super, you know, whether you can put profits into super or your capital gain into super, you know, that's sort of changed over the years with the Howard government to now. Um, so those also policy changes take time. So everything that we're looking at just takes time. You've got zoning issues. So if you look at Sydney, you've got a lot of people living on the northern beaches. They're not able to necessarily downsize because there aren't good downsizable dwellings um, because the areas aren't zoned for, say, low-level let's call them units, but like not the big dense ones. Yeah. So the zoning needs to also be looked at as well. So there's so many aspects. And so it does come back to the supply-demand tension, back to basics. And if I put it most simply, the way I like to explain property as a short-term solution is you essentially are taking one property, one buyer, to one property, two-plus buyers. Multiple so buyers, you, yeah. Yeah, so you have an instant easing of the supply-demand tension because if you want to buy in Bondi, you don't – necessarily want to put in three million dollars into Bondi or you can't physically you can't yeah. right so the diversity <laughs> yeah. you might just want to put in one one million but my, my point is even if you had the money it doesn't mean you want to put it all in there yeah you want to spread you your just eggs want right to be in there yeah you want like also to diversify yeah I am thinking a Yumi for PM <laughs> yeah <laughs> you got my vote <laughs> Everything you're saying is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and so true. So let's see how you go with your crystal ball. I'm interested to know what you think the property market will do in 2022. You know what? My crystal ball cracked. 
<laughs> no one has one, right? But I mean, you, you're getting, you're talking to your consumers and you're using the platform. You you know, you know relationships in the banks and lenders. So, what's your general feel on the market? Are, are we going to have a good year or a bad year? Essentially, I think it depends on your choices. Okay, so here's the first thing. I think people need to try to move away from emotional buying to pragmatic performance-driven buying, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean, you know, analysis paralysis with data, but get really good advice and compromise on size, but buy somewhere good that is going to grow. So as to whether you're going to have a good year or a bad year is going to hinge on those sorts of decisions. Um, look, we're hearing all around that we're going to be seeing slowed growth. We've started to see that in Sydney and Melbourne already. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if we'll just see another surge first as we come out of Omicron. Um, so we might see a surge and I think we'll see different segments. So you'll have the fat part of the bell curve um, doing different things from, say, luxury and upper ends. And we've also been hearing things like we expect the unit market to catch up. So, you know, we were talking earlier about you buy a unit and then you upgrade to a house. Well, that's kind of really even more out of reach now because the gap between unit prices and houses because you had double digit growth of houses and units didn't grow, really. So whether you get then a catch-up of units, which is also fueled by the influx of overseas people coming in as well, we might see a bit of that, that catch-up, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne. And I think perhaps, you know, if we go a bit more micro, in suburbs that have very high costs of entry, so like suburbs that like in northern beaches might be more house markets, but you might see units do better because people opt to be in units in northern beaches and then you know we're already seeing markets like brisbane and adelaide doing really really well so you know i think they're saying that brisbane will be sort of the golden child for the next 12 months and so it wouldn't be unusual and we've seen this in other property cycles where you get that southerner migration i'm from brisbane right and you always hear them saying the southerners are buying all our property yeah (laughs) they don't like it (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, I I think you will get people moving up there. You know, like we talked about people moving to the central coast for bigger properties, nicer properties, get that pool, great lifestyle with the kids. I think people also do that interstate, right? So moving up for sure from like New South Wales up to Brizzy and they'll look for that that lifestyle as well. So I think think these these are the sorts of things that, that might happen. What I hope will happen, so if I could have any kind of influence on the crystal ball, it would be that millennials open their thinking to a pragmatic approach to entering the property market by considering rent vesting. Mm -hmm. Like don't go for the dream home, go for getting in and buy a part of a good property or just a good property. Set your building blocks up, up early as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did, right? I bought an apartment first and then bought the three bedroom house. You know, and it does take time. There was about probably about an eight-year gap between the apartment and the house as well. Yeah, and that's because your lifestyle naturally grows with hopefully your property purchases over time. So it's all a cycle, really. And I think what we really love about property is the fact that you can have that diversification. You can buy part of one property in Bondi. You can buy part of one property in Brisbane. And then you can also have your share portfolio as well because we've noticed more and more Australians are getting really interested in investing in the share market. So it's allowing people that full diversification, which is fantastic, and not putting all your eggs in one basket. Because a lot of the risk with single stocks as well as property is you're putting such a large sum of money in one asset. And people have made bad mistakes in property as well as well as a share market, but spreading that risk is really you know, incremental and it's absolutely fantastic. So we are a huge fan. Now we've got one more question, Ayumi, 
and it's very, very important. And we ask it to all of our guests, what is your preference, coffee, tea or tequila? Oh my gosh, that's so hard. It's coffee because I have it every day. But uh, having lived in Mexico for three years, I do love a good tequila. Oh, we wouldn't but... judge if you had tequila every day as well. The coffee. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't actually do that. But no, it's coffee. I'm definitely coffee. But you know, I drink all. I drink tea in the afternoon. But coffee, I just I love the the taste and. It the starts smell. your day. It just so all, gets you ready three. for anything. You can tackle the day. <laughs> Depending on the mood. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show. If any of our listeners want to get in touch with you or learn more about Proppy, which is P-R-O-P-P-I-E, how is the best way to reach out to you? So you can book a call with me on the Proppy site.com.au. We're also on Instagram, so Proppy underscore Australia, so you can follow us there. So I'm on the end of all those chatbots and messaging, so easy to reach. Come check it out and really just open it up. If anyone's got questions, just ask me. I'm here to help. So so they can talk directly to you. That's fantastic. It's nice to know you're on the other end of the bot. Yep, I am. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much once again. And remember, folks, follow our Instagram for daily market updates. We give the before the open and the late lines of what happened in the market markets on the day our handle once again is at talk money to me podcast we're also on tiktok we're having fun learning how to use that and we're on reddit and linkedin so anyway you want to digest and listen to talk money to me feel free to reach out to us until next time bye-bye talk money to me is a product of equity mates media all information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Talk Money to Me are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Talk Money to Me acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.